On today's Locked on Jayhawks, we are previewing the KU-Texas game top 25 showdown in Austin to undefeated teams. Can KU do it again just as they did in 2021? You are Locked on Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Derek Johnson. You can hear me as well Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. on KLWN in Lawrence with Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Thanks for making Locked on Jayhawks your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get any of your podcasts. You can also find our show on our YouTube page. We can subscribe to the show and uh, hit the like button or leave us a positive review on our podcast platform if you could. It very much helps us out, and uh, we're very thankful for that. Very thankful for the everydayers out there if you're tuning in for each and every episode. And today we're previewing the KU Texas game happening on Saturday at 2:30 Central Time. The game will be on ABC, so it'll be on uh, prime time, I guess, national television for KU at Texas. Top 25 showdown in Austin. Final meeting between these two. We're going to get into our top storylines. We're going to get into our Texas scouting report. We got matchups of the game. We got player matchup of the game. Hawks to watch out for, and soar in this one and. Uh, uh, looking forward to this show. So uh, the top storylines here, first of all, this could be the last meeting between these two teams in a while, right? Obviously, Texas is leaving for the SEC at the end of this season, and there are many different ways that you can continue to play them. Uh, it's not like there's as much bad blood between you know Kansas and Texas as there was when Missouri left for the SEC, for instance. So could you schedule each other? Could you have a bowl game against each other? Yeah, sure, but realistically, like is Texas really going to be chomping at the bit to schedule Kansas you know is, is Kansas going to really be looking to schedule Texas in the non-con or are they going to be more looking for somebody that you know they can maybe have a I don't know an easier win against right so I don't know this could be the last time we see these two play in in a long time and um, obviously this is kind of a a bit of a storied um I, I don't know. Storied is, is too strong of a word. It's It's been an interesting series, I think, of late. And I think when I uh, when I say interesting, it has definitely been propped up by the memes, by the laughs, by social media, by like college football, Reddit, by all these places because of the fact that, you know, it was uh, Kansas beat Texas. Right. That was just a funny thing you would say after it happened in 2016 and basically got Charlie Strong fired. And after it happened again in Austin, the last time you were there in 2021 uh but interestingly enough this this series even with you two being in the big 12 together for what 25 years and obviously time before that where yeah they were in different conferences with you know the southwestern conference and you were in the big eight and stuff but still you've only met 21 times doesn't that seem low um so texas leads the all-time series 17 to 4 here and again it's it's one of those things where like if, if you look at that okay it's 17 to 4 and uh, Texas has won by this amount of points in, in some of these meetings and blah, blah, blah. Like, obviously, from that standpoint, Texas has dominated the series. But if you're looking at this from a Kansas standpoint, a Kansas view of what Big 12 teams over the last decade, even when you were struggling, did you just happen to play closer? Did you happen to play a lot more competitively than other schools? Texas would be like at or near the top of that list. It's just something weird about the series that even when Texas is winning games over the past decade, there have been a lot of close games in there, right? You go back to the uh, 2012 version and Texas wins 21 to 17 in a game that's maybe a little too close for comfort. 
Um, then you go to the 2016 version and Kansas beats Texas in, in overtime, 24 to 21. Shane Bouchelle has a bunch of interceptions. Texas has six turnovers as a team. You go to the next year in Austin and Texas wins, but they're unable to kind of blow you out 42 to 27, the final score. Then you go back to Lawrence the next year. And I want to say this was either, uh, Friday, Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, or maybe it was that Saturday. Uh, not a great attendance. Students were out of town, and obviously Kate wasn't great. Um, and Texas kind of sleptwalked to a win with Sam Ellinger, 24-17. to 17. And I think that was the Texas team that played in the Big 12 championship uh, against Oklahoma. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of a weird one that was close. Then you go to 2019, again, Texas wins, but uh, Carter Stanley and uh, a bunch of the great receivers that they had with Andrew Parchment, Stephon Robinson, Dalen Charlotte, kind of goes off against Texas in Austin. That was the Brent Deerman breakout game. And Texas had to hit a last-second field goal to win the game 50-48. to 48. Then you go to 2021, Kansas wins off the two-point conversion from Jared Casey, 57-56 in overtime, a game that they probably shouldn't have had to need overtime to do, but they ended up needing it, and that was you know, certainly uh, a pivotal moment for KU. But last year, it was none of that. Texas smashed Kansas, 55-14. to 14. So, you know, some of those past meetings become interesting because it adds to the storylines here of the Kansas beat Texas, but also it adds to the storyline of, okay, Texas just smashed Kansas last year. What does that mean for this year's meeting? And, and to that notion, if we go back to the last time these two met in Austin, when it was in 2021, I think that was really a, a I don't know, crossroads moment, a – uh, fork in the road type of moment for both of these programs. And and I think both in a positive way. For Texas, I think that loss to Kansas in 2021 was probably kind of a wake-up moment. It was kind of a, a moment for them where, I mean, because that Texas team in 2021, um, I want to say finished five and seven, and they missed a bowl game. So you could, you know, point to that game as being a reason they missed the bowl game. Uh, obviously last year, you know, uh, had a much better season, and this year they look like one of the best teams in the country, right? That game and moment was probably an embarrassment for them to where that was kind of their moment where they said, okay, this isn't enough, and, and the improvement started happening. For Kansas, that kick-started things for them because as much as Lance Leipold had his past success, success and um, talked about how you know we're going to win games, and, and there were other moments uh, before that game, like the Oklahoma game, where you should showed fight and you showed promise about where the program could go it's another thing to hear hey we're going to start winning games hey we're going to do this better you almost as a player need that confirmation and so that was the first game that you had that confirmation where it was like okay we can do this we can win here at Kansas this coach this new staff that's coming in they're dead serious and they can get us to that point and that was the realization of that that was also the realization of Jalen Daniels and what he could possibly be and that kick-started things for really the final two games after that. And then the next season in which Kansas obviously made a bowl game and now into this year. And I, I saw a stat in the KU uh, game notes prior to that Texas game, Kansas was four and 66 on the road going back to 2008. Since that game, they've gone four and five. So the same amount of wins in nine games as opposed to 70 games. Uh, it's pretty clear to me that both these teams really improved from the matchup. Also, the other top storyline here to rank matchup, how real is Kansas? Um, the last AP top five win for KU was against number three Virginia Tech in the Orange Bowl in 2008. Last AP top five road win for Kansas was in 1995. That was part of the Aloha Bowl season uh, when they won at number four Colorado, 42 
through 24. So uh, how real is Kansas? Can they be competitive? Could they pull off a win here on the road in Austin? Now, as far as the Texas scouting report, Texas comes in at 4-0 on the season. Uh, they're 1-0 in conference play. They had a 37-10 win over Rice. A, which kind of a feisty Rice team uh, who beat Houston. Uh, 34 to 24 at Alabama. That's obviously been one of the best wins in college football so far this year. 31 to 10 over Wyoming. Again, feisty Wyoming team who upset Texas Tech. The game was like 10 to 10 in the fourth quarter, and then they uh, pulled away there. And then 38 to 6 at Baylor last week, which that right there, one of the more impressive wins, I think, of their ledger, too. Not that I think Baylor's a great team this year, they very much struggled, but. For Texas, you know, some of the problems in the past years when they haven't been back or whatever you want to say, hasn't necessarily been competing with the big boys. Like you go back to the 2019 year and they maybe gave LSU a better game than anybody else did in the country that year. But the problem was when you play some of the lesser opponents, you fall. And so you have a road meeting against a lesser opponent. You did not show any weakness. You won the game big. So I think that tells you a lot about Texas as much as uh, some of the other wins do to as well. They're number 11 offensively on ESPN SP+. Quinn Ewers has taken a step forward, but he has a ton of elite weapons to go to. Got a good running back. They've got maybe the best tight end in the Big 12, certainly I would think in, in as far as the receiving tight end. Um, if three receivers, I mean, they have more than that. Former, you know, four and five star recruits just littered all around. The offensive line is, is very good, especially as a pass blocking unit. Uh, not as good this year so far as a run blocking unit, but still good enough. Defensively, they're number six on ESPN SP+. Uh, the defensive line is really good. Jalen Ford is an absolute game wrecker at linebacker. Byron Murphy, absolute beast on the interior of that defensive line. So Kansas is going to have their hands full. This is uh, one of the best teams in the country. Let's get to our matchups of the game. Um, and soar in this one. First, though, this episode of the show is brought to you by Nutrafol. Did you know that 80% of men will experience hair thinning in their lifetime? It's normal, but it doesn't have to be your fate. You can get ahead of the thinning with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Go to Nutrafol.com slash men to take their hair well health wellness quiz, identify causes of your thinning hair, and Nutrafol will give you a personalized plan for better hair health through whole body wellness. Take the first step to visibly thicker healthier hair for a limited time Nutrafol is offering our listeners ten dollars off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter promo code locked on college find out why over four thousand healthcare professionals professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair Nutrafol.com slash men spelled n-u-t-r-a-f-o-l.com slash men and enter promo code locked on college that's Nutrafol.com slash men promo code Locked on college. Uh, we're going to get on to our matchups of the game here with locked on Jayhawks. Um, and we'll get to our Hawks to soar. We'll have a player matchup here too. First down, Quinn Ewers versus Jalen Daniels. Now this could have gone in the storylines column. Anytime you have two stud quarterbacks, obviously the quarterbacks are the faces of the program and the guys that, you know, go on the graphics when ESPN's like, watch this game later. And it has Quinn Ewers on one side, Jalen Daniels on the other right. And I know in terms of matchups, this is not a direct matchup. They don't actually go against each other. I just think this is a big enough quarterback battle between the two that it's very you know prevalent to kind of bring up here. And sometimes I do get in the weeds here on these matchups. But what do people like quarterbacks? Both these teams have good ones that national people know their names. Let's not overthink this. Uh, right now, Dylan Gabriel leads the Big 12 in total QBR. 
though Oklahoma hasn't really played anyone of note yet. Uh, Ewers and Daniels are two and three, respectively. So these are, you know, preseason, we thought these were two of the top three or four quarterbacks in the Big 12. Right now we're thinking this is two of the top three or four quarterbacks in the Big 12 too, to where um, this should be a really good matchup. And, and in the case of Ewers, um, I will be interested to see, you know, if KU can uh, use some of their experienced DBs to, you know, maybe mitigate a bit of the weapons on the outside. Does he have enough to, to make things work himself or how much of his success so far this year is really good play caller, Steve Sarkeesian, elite weapons around him, and he's just doing what he needs to. He's a very talented kid. He was, you know, a perfect recruit in high school and everything. So I'll be very interesting. Obviously, Jalen Daniels is going to have to play an unbelievable game to try to keep KU in this, not just because, Texas could put up a lot of points, but also because that Texas defense is very good. Second down, KU defense versus the Texas run game. Jonathan Brooks, the starting running back for Texas, he's a really good running back. He's off to a good start this year. Over five yards per carry. He has 379 rushing yards this season. Uh, last year in Lawrence, obviously everybody remembers B. John Robinson, Roshan Johnson, and Texas running all over Kansas, and they did. They ran for over 400 yards as a team last year. Little did maybe you remember that because they were up so much and just running over them, Brooks actually got a lot of, of run in that game. He had 11 carries against Kansas, even as the third string running back behind those two pros. He had 108 yards and two touchdowns. So Brooks even has success against Kansas. And that's obviously what last year was about. You know, this year will be much different. Last year was super cold weather. It wasn't great to throw the ball. It was windy, tough to grip the ball because of how – I don't know, just just chilling it was. Um, this is obviously going to be a warmer event being down in Austin and being, you know, played at, at the end of, uh, or I guess the beginning of fall here. Um, so it's obviously going to be very different weather that changes that up. But make no mistake, KU had their pride tested in the trenches last year, and they want a much better effort here. They gave up 427 rushing yards to Texas as a team. Brian Borland, the KU defensive coordinator, made a great, comment in the offseason about how the offense scored the same in the games against Texas and Iowa State. Kansas offense scored 14 against Texas. They scored 14 against Iowa State. They won one. They lost the other by 40. What was the difference in there? As Brian Borland said, it's how much we give up, gave up. So this will be a, a big test for them against a very tough offense. Uh, they got to come to the challenge. I think they'll be ready for it, but you could be ready for the challenge and still give up 40 points because that's how good this Texas offense could be. Uh, I'll mention this stat, though. Kansas under Lance Leipold, when they give up four and a half yards per carry or less, they're 10-0. Kansas, when they give up more than four and a half yards per carry under Lance Leipold, 2-17. and 17. You got to be able to hold down the running game. All right, on to third down, the KU pass rush versus the Texas offensive line. Uh, Texas is a really elite pass blocking team. So both Texas and Kansas actually right now rank in the top 10 on pro football focus in uh, pass block grade. Um, I think Kansas is number six, which they're also three in, in run blocking. So they've been elite there. Um, but Texas is seventh on the uh, pass blocking. They've struggled a bit more in the run blocking area. They're still fine at it, but hasn't been nearly as good. And Texas is best at the tackle positions for their, uh, their pass blocking their tackles have been really good um haven't been overall as good on the pro football focus numbers on the interior of the offensive line but that is tough for kansas because their best pass rushers and typically this is the case for most teams are their defensive ends so could that wash it out is there going to be more specifically needed from the interior of the pass rush 
for Kansas. Now, Quinn Ewers is not an overly mobile guy. If you can get there, if you can get pressure, it's a little tougher for him to deal with it than, say, a Jalen Daniels or, I don't know, Dylan Gabriel's a little bit mobile. Some of these other guys in the conference. Um, and so far this year, according to Pro Football Focus, Quinn Ewers has just a 65 passer rating when he is under pressure. So if you can get there, the numbers significantly drop off. Um, and the KU pass rush has obviously been strong this year. You have the six sacks against Illinois. You had, I think, 15 total pressures last week in the game against BYU. But this is another animal dealing with some five-star, gigantic offensive tackles for Texas who you know are living up to the hype. Uh, fourth down, the KU interior offensive line against the Texas interior defensive line. So the whole Texas defensive line is good, uh, and I think the whole KU offensive line is good too. And obviously, you know, for, for Texas, um, it's really good up the middle because Byron Murphy is kind of leading the charge. I think that's where Texas is the best, is up the middle. They plug the run. They're going to get pass rush out of the middle, and that makes it really tough. And for Kansas, I think their best so far um, – play on the offensive line has been from the tackle spots with Dom Pooney at left tackle and Bryce Cable to at right tackle. Well, uh, again, the Texas D line, all good around the board, but their best so far has been in the middle. And that means your middle needs to play up to that. So there's a lot on Mike Nowitzki, Kobe Baines. Uh, it sounded like Michael Ford was going to be questionable this week, whether he plays or not. You know, that could just mean more Kobe Baines. Armaj Reed Adams, maybe you have to rotate in Spencer Lavelle or something. It is, it's going to be very important for those guys to play well in this game, get a push, allow you to run the football. You've had 200-plus rushing yards um, in in three or four games so far. You've been able to run the ball very well. It's going to be very tough to do against Texas if you're not winning on the interior of the line, which a lot of teams have not been able to do against Texas. Now, our player matchup here, we're going to go Jatavion Sanders, the tight end for Texas, who is one of the best receiving tight ends in the country, going up against KU linebackers slash Craig Young slash the Nickelback. This will be dependent on how KU lines up and who's out there on the formation for Kansas. I'd imagine you're going to get a lot of Craig Young guarded against him, but you might end up with a formation where it's Rich Miller or J.B. Brown or, or something or Cornell Wheeler on him, or maybe you have a formation where you have the extra DBs out there and it's a Kalen Gervin or a Quentin Lassiter. I don't know. They could switch on him or another safety like a Marvin Grant gets switched on him, right? There's a lot of different ways that this could go. KU was hurt by Isaac Rex last, last week, the, the good tight end for BYU. He had seven catches for the game. I think he had five or six in the first half. They did adjust well into the second half. Will that adjustment help them in this game? I don't know. We'll see. But Sanders is just different, too. Um, Rex is more of that, like, Jason Witten, Heath Miller type of tight end where he's more of like a possession, big catch guy who he's got a big catch radius and he's going to make contested catches. Sanders is someone who you can get the ball in his hands or he can outrun you. He's one of those speedy tight ends too. So kind of a different animal, but overall he's even better than Rex was. And so that'll be a key matchup. Kansas cannot allow Sanders to uh, go wild. Uh, let's finish up with our Hawks to soar, Jayhawks to stick out in this one. First, this episode of the show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Snap into the action this NFL season or college football season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. Right now, for this weekend, they have a 50% same-game parlay boost. There are certain terms you need to get. It's It's got to have at least three legs. Um, 
and and I think minus like 200. I, I don't know. Read read the details yourself. Um, but you can get it for the KU Texas game on same game parlay. And I did some toiling around. They don't have some of the yardage parlays up at time of recording at some point they will but they do have some of the touchdown ones up in addition to the spread which last i checked was 16 and a half so what i did i did an alt spread kansas plus 24 and a half i did um a daniel highshaw anytime touchdown and i did a lawrence arnold anytime touchdown parlay those together with the 50 percent boost pays off over 11 to 1 it's like plus 1100 so you, that means you put a ten dollar bet, you went in like one hundred and ten. Means you put a hundred dollars, you went in like over eleven hundred. Means you put five dollars, you went in like you know fifty something bucks. So uh, I don't know. You can get in on with that with me. Um, no promises it'll win. I'm not the greatest gambler, but guess what? It makes it more fun if you do it responsibly. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com/lockedon and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. So I mentioned Lawrence Arnold as part of that uh, FanDuel read for uh, with the anytime touchdown. I think individually Lawrence Arnold's plus 180 on FanDuel. So you can just bet on that yourself. You won't get the 50% boost, but, you know, get in on it. Um, he is my offensive player for Hawks to soar here. So uh, KU, because of the fact that Texas is good on the lines, they're going to have to win with their receivers making big plays, whether that means winning separation, catching jump balls, winning contested passes. KU's receivers have done a great job of that over the last you know two years. Um, Lawrence Arnold, though, has not gotten in the end zone so far this year. He's a big-bodied receiver, really talented player. He obviously is leading the team in receiving yards. Maybe this is a game. And keep in mind, too, Arnold is a Texas native, right? This game probably means a little extra to him. Um, he'll probably have a lot more family in attendance to this game. So my, my Jayhawk to watch here is Lawrence Arnold. I think he can have a good game for you on the outside. My defensive Hawk to soar in this one is Devin Phillips. Texas weakness, so to speak. It's not really a weakness because the whole offensive line is good, but it's a little worse on the interior than the exterior. And so you need Devin Phillips to help stop the run. That is one tangible difference you had this year from last year's team. You didn't have Devin Phillips, your transfer from Colorado State, wide body defense tackle, who's done a really good job plugging up the run and making plays this year. And Lance Leipold talked about it earlier, like last week, that, you know, their plays that Devin Phillips, he's not getting stats for because he's defense tackle, taking up multiple blocks or plugging up a hole that forces running back to go somewhere else. And now a linebacker gets the tackle. He doesn't necessarily always get credit for it, but he is making an impact. And this is the type of game you really brought him in for and need him for. And uh, I think he can have that good game for you. And if he does, I think that'll be uh, very, very helpful for KU in stopping the run. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Locked on Jayhawks. You can find us wherever you get any of your podcasts. You can also like and subscribe to our show on our YouTube page. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll uh, see you next time with Locked on Jayhawks as we'll recap the KU-Texas game later this weekend.